Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. You know the shtick by now. I'm John Boccasino, welcoming in my longtime co-host and good buddy, Jamie D'Amico, here on this week's episode of the Believe podcast. Jamie, great to have you back, buddy. Good to be back, and I think we've got a good one for folks today. You know, I do too, and I and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, Jamie. Because before we get to our topic, I want to thank this audience. Um, last week, Jamie and I were spitballing, and we came up with a topic that really just took off, um, at least amongst our podcast audience. And it was the red hot rumors about DeAndre Hopkins and Calais Campbell, and whether the Bills should consider trading, you know, at Oliver. And here we are, a week later. And D-Hop is still not with the Bills. He is still a disgruntled member of the Cardinals. Uh, Calais Campbell signed with the Atlanta Falcons, so the Bills missed out on him. But that was an example of just a spur-of-the-moment topic really taking off and, and doing well with our audience. And I think today's topic, like Jamie alluded to, is going to be one that you're going to enjoy. At least we hope so. We never intentionally set out. <laughs> to pick a crappy topic to discuss here on Believe, right, buddy? And since, John, you're the one who generally picks the topics, I'm just along for the ride. If the topic sucks, well, send him your hate mail, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can direct all those hate tweets to at John Boccasino on Twitter. Uh, Jamie, for all the positive ones, of course, he is at the Jamie D'Amico. <laughs> we welcome your feedback here, of course. And we want people to get involved. So when we put this topic out there, Please uh, share your thoughts, share your feedback with us on social media. Here's the topic. uh, Speaking of, wait a minute. Speaking of Twitter, you're going to pay for your blue check? No, 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 no. I I am not giving him any of my money. None. I don't blame you there. Buddy, little inside uh, story on that. Just real quick tangent. I, I, with, with a passion, tried getting the legacy blue check mark back in its original iteration. Cause I figured, you know, someone who, you know, is a writer and a podcaster and works for, you know, Syracuse university full-time and, you know, covers the bills as a part-time little hobby. I thought that might be worthy of, of getting in. Um, but every single time without fail, the processes would reject my candidacy. So I, if I couldn't get it back when it was worth something, I'm not paying for it now. Well, I'm glad you got used to being a nobody just like me. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we are, man. We are two Bills fans here talking about our football team as the offseason roars on. And Jamie, with our topic this week, really excited to bring this one to the podcast sphere today. We are sitting here, and it's hard to believe, but in four weeks, the draft will have come and gone, and we'll have known exactly what the Buffalo Bills have done with their draft picks. But this week on Believe, I want to talk about someone that has been widely mocked uh, to the Buffalo Bills in these mock draft scenarios at pick 27. And you have to be living under a rock to be a Bills fan and not have heard this train of thought. And the train of thought is exactly as follows. With pick 27, the Buffalo Bills will draft 
one of the most dynamic offensive playmakers in this draft, running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas. You've seen the rumors. You've heard the mock drafts everywhere from Mel Kuyper to Pro Football Focus to Pro Football Network to CBS Sports to Yahoo Sports. It's been such a widely discussed rumor. So Jamie and I thought we would take the time on Believe this week to address the question. Should the Buffalo Bills draft Bijan Robinson? And Jamie, it's a vague start for this conversation point, but I want to start exactly with your thoughts on this. When I mentioned the topic, where do you stand on the talented Texas running back Bijan Robinson? Well, okay. We have to start with value, right? So Many draft experts are saying that he is one of the top 10 players in the draft. Some as high as ranking him fourth out of the entire draft class. And when you look at it from that perspective, the thought is, well, if you can get somebody who's that good of a player, you take him. But you also have to take into account the roster building facets of it and the positional value. And we can say ever since the... The Shanahan-era Denver Broncos, who proved that you could take guys off the scrap heap and turn them into 2,000-yard rushers, the value of the running back position has dropped precipitously. So then the question becomes, this guy may be a great player, but you're also looking at the ability to draft players later on who can be 1,000-yard rushers and really great running backs. So it puts you in a bit of a quandary. If you're drafting 27th overall and you have one of the top five players in the draft fall to you, but it's a position that you don't necessarily value too high, what do you do with it? Now, I'm going to throw in another caveat. What happens when you've spent the past three drafts spending premium picks on that exact position and you've jettisoned two of them by this point? John. You're putting me in a quandary, buddy. Well, that's good. That's exactly what I wanted to put you in is a quandary and a conundrum type situation when it comes to figuring out, you know, the fit of Bijan Robinson in Buffalo. And look, Jamie hit on this perfectly. It's a value proposition. The NFL has changed dramatically. It's not a running back driven, running back oriented league, at least in the sense of what Bijan Robinson's skill sets are. You know, the, the running backs, I mean, you look like a guy like a Christian McCaffrey, um, who was a, an Austin Eckler, you know, those dual threats who are both rushers and pass catchers out of the backfield. Those are your dynamic running back types who carry the most value, who carry the most uh, worth uh, for what their investment's going to be. And a guy like a B. John Robinson, who has been widely praised as possibly the most talented running back to come out since Saquon Barkley came out of Penn State um, and went to the New York Giants. I mean, that's high praise for sure for how good of a running back Robinson is. But just because someone is a top five talent or a top 10 talent does not necessarily mean that they should be a slam dunk, no brainer first round pick for the Buffalo Bills. I just, I don't, I like the player. I like the idea of adding another dynamic weapon on the offense, especially in the backfield where I'm really curious to see the hybrid of how James Cook develops in his second year, 
what Naheem Hines will bring now that it seems like the Bills brass finally understands what he brings to this offense. I felt he was ill-utilized uh, last year after getting dealt for uh, dealt by the Colts to Buffalo. I don't feel like Buffalo really used Hines properly. I don't necess- I don't like the draft pick of Bijan Robinson at 27. I'll, I'll start right with that, Jamie. I feel like, and I'm kind of dabbing into different territories with my thought process here, but I'll start with this. I don't, the bills are not, even though Sean McDermott says he wants to get better running the ball, the bills bread and butter is not the ground game. And I just don't think it makes sense to draft Bijan Robinson, even though he is a piece of the offense that could really help out and take the pressure off of Josh Allen pick 27 in the first round is not where I want a running back uh, solution added to this team. I think it's too much of a reach, even if Bijan is a consensus top five, top 10 talent. I feel like oftentimes though, your value selections kind of go out the window after you get out of the top 20. I'll tell you what I mean here. When you're drafting in the first round, whoever whoever you are as a team. You're looking at quarterbacks, left tackles, wide receivers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, and cornerbacks. Those are six positions. Would you agree that those are the those are the value positions in the NFL? I would. I, I think that's a pretty fair summarization right And, and when I say value, I, I mean from a, a draft position, those are the most highly valued positions in the NFL. What you're leaving out uh, of the mix, you're leaving out the interior of the offensive line, right tackle, running back, tight end, linebacker, uh, and safety. Like You're really not going to spend a high pick on the positions that I just mentioned. But outside of the top 20, it becomes a little bit of a crapshoot, doesn't it? You may not have a first-round value on every pick outside of that. In fact, the Buffalo Bills traded up last year to get Kyer Elam because he was the last player on the board that they had a first-round grade on, and that was number 24. So the question becomes... If you're drafting at 27, do you start considering players, assuming you can't trade back, players from positions that you don't necessarily value as high? It's a great tight end class. You could have like uh you could have a guard or a center, not necessarily center this year, a safety. Would you consider those positions outside of the top 20 and at number 27 where the Bills are picking? You know, Jamie, I I honestly would consider every possible need above a running back at that spot at 27. So anything but running back. Yes, absolutely. Here, here, here's my thing. And and I was, I was kind of getting to this earlier with the, the fit and the mentality of of Buffalo's offense. And this is again, no disrespect to Bijan Robinson who rushed for 1800 plus yards. He averaged more than seven yards a carry last year at Texas. He's an incredible talent, but when it comes to what Buffalo needs, the bills, I think they had, I would much rather see them invest this pick in a long-term solution along the offensive line, which here's the thing. And here's why I say this, Jamie, I know the bills have added 
Connor McGovern and David Edwards in free agency. None of those guys, by the way, are to be confused with championship roster building anchors of the offensive line. I mean, they're improvements for sure over Roger Saffold um, and potentially allowing Ryan Bates to move back to a better spot on the line. But we're not talking about game changers that Buffalo's made in free agency. There still is a glaring need on this team at the offensive line, at wide receiver beyond Stefan Diggs, and even perhaps a pass rusher. I would always add those premium mm-hmm. positions as more of a need over someone who just doesn't mesh with Buffalo's offense. And here's the other thing too, Jamie, I, you know, the, McDermott talks about wanting the bills to be more balanced and wanting to become, you know, have more of a, a threat in the ground game. I am of the school of thought that the bills have not struggled to run the ball because they haven't had the right running backs. I think they've struggled to run the ball because the offensive line has not been that yes. great. I mean, the bills have always ranked fairly high in rushing yards per game. And a lot of that's buoyed by Josh Allen. So if you know that, if you want to see what you, and, and you know, the other thing too is, and again, we're dabbling on all different um, thought processes here with this pick, but you mentioned it earlier. The bills have committed three fairly high investments. That being a round two or three pick in running back in each of the last three or three of the last four draft classes, Devin Singletary in 2019, sec, a third rounder, Zach Moss in 2020, a third rounder. And James Cook was picked in the second round of last year's draft. That is three significant investments in draft capital at a position that is being phased out of importance in the league in the last five drafts. To me, that's why I, you would you would have to sell me on Bijan being available with Buffalo's second round pick, which he won't. He'll be gone before then, and there's no guarantee he'll be there when Buffalo picks at 27. I don't think he will be there when Buffalo drafts at 27. I think he's going well before the Bills. Yeah, and that that would be I I, I would almost rather that scenario play out because then this is a moot point, and Brandon Bean doesn't have to debate the merits of taking. Uh, Bijan Robinson at pick 27. I just don't think any of it makes sense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And it's not even getting, it's just that the position's been de-emphasized. 
So why would you spend a first round pick, even if it's a quote unquote value where he's falling out of the top 10 and winds up in your lap at 27? I still wouldn't take him. How about you? Well, let's take a look at the success of first round draft picks from the running back position. We'll we'll just stick with the first running back selected in the first round going back to 2012. And you tell me if the value aligns. Trent Richardson in 2012. He was the first running back taken number three all over. Nope. Overall. Nope. Okay. No, no. The the only the only good part about that pick was the Browns were somehow able to recoup a fellow first round pick from the Colts when they traded Richardson to Indianapolis. Which is unbelievable. In 2013, there was no first-round pick. The Le'Veon Bell went in the second round. Um, There was no first-round running back selected in 2014. And really, outside of Devontae Freeman, you didn't have too much in, in that draft. 2015, first running back selected, Todd Gurley. 2016, the first one selected was Ezekiel Elliott. By the way, Derrick Henry was the second one selected. He went in the second round. 2017, Leonard Fournette, number four overall. Nope, no, no, no chance. I mean, (laughs) no chance in hell. I mean, I I, want to respond real quick that I thought Gurley gave the Rams some good years, no doubt. Um, And Leonard Fournette was an absolute beast at the running back position. Um, playoff Lenny, uh, as he was known with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but no way does he justify going in the first round because you're getting three years. That's the thing you got to consider too. If you want, and I'll, I'll let you continue with your your running back um, draft exercise. But the one other point I wanted to mention, that I think, is really pertinent, is when you talk like the Bills fans are are, are justifiably pissed about Tremaine Edmonds leaving in the sense that you groom this player. You trade up to get him, you invest in him for the five years, and you're possibly going to have his best years being played elsewhere with the Chicago Bears. Running back is the opposite of that. You are going to grind through these backs for the four years you have them, maybe into the fifth year player option. But beyond that, the tread on the tire is too thin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their experiences have been too hazardous to sustain success over the long term. And that's why I also don't think picking a running back this high is a good value because at best you're getting four years. And if you, if you sign them to a second contract, you're the fool who's overpaying for the running back. Mm -hmm. So 2018 Saquon Barkley, second overall pick, by the way, the players that followed him in that draft draft, you had uh, two more first round picks that year. You had Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle second round, Nick Chubb. Ooh, uh-huh. Rashad Penny or Nick Chubb? Who would I rather have? End of case. That That's a tough one, actually. In 2019, at the end of the first round, you had Josh Jacobs selected. 2020, and this one I feel like is very similar to the Bills' position right now. The Chiefs selected with the last pick in the first round, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, uh, in 2021... That's a, fairly, that's a fairly good comp. Na- Najee Harris... And then last year, you did not have a first-round selection at the running back position. So I ask you, if you're if if it's this year's draft, which of those running backs that I mentioned that were the first ones taken would you select at number twenty-seven? 
I mean, would, Saquon Barkley, I would take at pick 27. Um, would you take Ezekiel Elliott? Now, we can say, of course, he's fallen from grace by this point, which is what happens in your second contract. This is why you don't sign running backs to second contracts. So, if you had first contract Ezekiel Elliott, is he worth a 27th overall pick? Ah, oh, boy. I mean, I don't. I don't jump at it as quickly as I did Saquon. Um, I mean, Zeke gave the Cowboys some good years, but he did. And, and, and I will, I will say this, Jamie, part of this falls into the luxury conversation. You know, the, the bills, as much as they do have some needs, you know, they're, they're not 10 players away from winning the Super Bowl. They want to find, you know, a couple of game changers and, a running back can be a game changer. He can be a difference maker for sure. But I'm just trying to put out there the long-term value, the value that the league places on the position. Even if the Bills were to draft a Zeke Elliott type at pick 27, I don't think that's a difference maker that puts this team over the hump. For which seems to be contrary con- to the argument that like Mel Kuyper is making. So I'll, I'll put a pin in my segue for that. And I want to keep hearing what would, are there any of the backs that you mentioned um, in the first round going that you would put a comparable value and say, yeah, if, if they were in this year's class and Buffalo got them at 27, you'd be happy with that. At one point, Zeke was the best running back in the NFL. Now he benefited from a great offensive line. And I think that therein lies the conversation that needs to be had. Is Buffalo doing a terrible job of putting together offensive lines when it comes to rushing the football? They do not, even uh, Connor McGovern, the guy's abysmal at run blocking. Why would you sign a guy to over $7 million a year that is bad at run blocking? That's a valid uh, concern. And, and that goes into the point I was making earlier that I think this is emblematic of a problem that Buffalo has in developing the offensive line. I mean, now you've got a question mark even with Spencer Brown, uh, who was such a pleasant surprise his rookie year and took a major step backwards. All that goes to the point that, again, I don't think the team has the ability to sit back and draft a Bijan Robinson at pick 27 because I'd much rather invest in the offensive line. I'd much rather think about last year, you know, when Buffalo was going through the draft motions. And they, and again, hindsight is always 2020 when it comes to these topics of conversation. But wouldn't you rather have a guy like a Creed Humphrey? anchoring your offensive line than what Buffalo did last year in the draft. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty slam dunk decision, right? Well, I mean, that come that came down to Boogie Basham over Creed Humphrey. And the answer is yes. I want the all pro offensive lineman instead of the pro bowl running back. Like that's, that's just how I I'm going to fall in line with the, the concept that you win and lose in the trenches. A great offensive line can make any running back look good. That That's my belief there. And the other thing, too, is when we're talking, I mean, it's not like Bijan Robinson is the perfect running back. I mean, he has some injury history in his career. He's never um, been he asked can... to block. Exactly. We don't know what, I mean, Texas, my gosh. Yeah, they don't have a, a running back involved in their in their blocking schemes. And, you know, we know that he is potentially positioned as an every down running back, which something that bills have really lacked, you know, since shady McCoy um, was the, was the back in Buffalo. 
I just don't necessarily, I don't think that this is, you know, a perfect fit for Buffalo. I don't think it's a slam dunk selection. And I feel like there's so many other areas of need that the, even if the bills were picking um, in a position where that maybe aligned in like the NFL, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. This would be a slam dunk. Buffalo gets Bijan Robinson because the league valued that type of bruising back. It, the, the league has gone away from that. So why would Buffalo want to invest such a high pick and you only have six picks in this year's draft too. We've talked at length about the need yeah. to maximize the guys that you pick. So if anything, Brandon Bean should be seriously contemplating trading back in the draft, not using his only first round pick on someone who, again, I feel doesn't match up fully with where the league is heading. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, buddy. I, uh, I I think that I am on board with not selecting a, a running back in the first round almost ever. And that goes for linebacker, too. Shh. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a pin. That'll be a nice little teaser for a, a future uh, draft uh, preview pod as we talk about uh, what the Buffalo Bills should be doing with their picks coming up here at the end of April with the draft. But, Jamie, I'm, I'm glad that we had this. And is there any is there any part of the conversation that we haven't hit on that you want to dive into with Bijan? Because again, it's not like Buffalo would the, the Bill season wouldn't fall upon itself and collapse if they draft Bijan Robinson. I just don't think it's the most prudent use of a high draft pick. Is there anything that you want to throw out or discuss before we put a, a bow on uh, this week's episode? I wouldn't be upset if they selected him. Like it, it wouldn't ruin my day. I, I would actually be excited to have a a very good player in a Buffalo Bills uniform. So I'm not dogmatic about this. I would just rather have a position of greater value who can actually come in and make a difference. So exactly, give me, give me the tackle or the defensive end that's going to actually be able to make plays and kick uh, Boogie Basham off the roster. And I'm telling you, Jamie, if the Bills invest more in the offensive line, there's going to be better productivity that comes out of the backs. I mean, I'm excited for what James Cook will do this year. I really bought into his second half of the last season, sample size, his explosiveness, his speed. Why why would you want to go ahead and spend a first-round draft pick when you want to see what you've got in James Cook and you want to see what Naheem Hines can do and oh by the way Damian Harris came in on a one-year deal to round out the backfield as well all these signs point to reasons why Buffalo shouldn't draft Bijan Robinson not to mention again the positional scarcity and the value of their positions the value is just not there if you're looking at you know, financial figures too by the way you're probably going to be looking at a four-year deal between 14 and 16 million um, with a cap hit of around four and a half in his fourth year and the fifth year option is going to be less than $10 million, but that's still a lot of money for a team that's going to be cash strapped for kicking the can down the road as much as they had salary cap wise. I just don't think it's something that um, the bills would want to do would be wise to do. And even though you could also make the argument, well, John, if you take Bijan at 27, he's still going to be cheaper than the free agent options. And you get a chance to, you know, maximize his talents um, before he really gets that big payday. 
To that, I say, okay, fine. Let some other team make that move. I don't want Buffalo doing it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. You know, you're very good to convincing me of these like. things. Um, well, you know, Jamie, I try, buddy. I try to have some fun with this. And, you know, I just feel like there's too much, too many other areas of need that the Bills could use this draft pick on. Or again, like we just said, trade back and stockpile, trade 27 um, and get two picks at the top of the second round and maybe a fourth rounder to get some more depth um, for bodies to come in and compete and fill some of those roster spots. But it's been fascinating, Jamie. There's There's been so much... And that's why I'm glad we talked about this, because from the minute that the mocks came out, everyone put two and two together and said, oh, the Bills have a subpar productivity from their running backs. There is this phenomenal talent, Bijan Robinson. It has to be the perfect fit for those two to kind of come in. And I'm glad we kind of debunked that here on Believe today. Mm-hmm. I think we did that well. Thank you very much. And what? What do you think, Bills fans, if you are listening to our podcast, which, of course, we hope you are. We appreciate all of our listeners out there. Give us your thoughts on Bijan Robinson as a Buffalo Bills draft prospect. We'd love to hear your opinions on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. We will continue with our off-season talk next week on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. <laughs>